Hi. Hello, 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 hello. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. Um, it's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick. What's going on, guys? Um, so we have a pretty large amount of topics to cover, so I think we should just get right into it. Um, first up, we're going to go do some baseball stuff. Nick's Yankees have been doing pretty good, so I guess we'll start with that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take over for the Yankees. Uh, Yankees game one was pretty good. The Yankees won 7 nothing against the Astros. Uh, hitting was on point. Uh, hit very well across the board, most of the players. Uh, pitching was very good. Tanaka, I think he was 70 pitches at inning 7, something, something really good. You know, performed pretty well. Uh, you know, but you got to say that you know, even though the Yankees did very well, it's pretty kind of promising. The Astros were at their weakest coming out of the last series. They, they barely survived the last round. A lot of their pitchers are on rest, so a lot of their players weren't mentally prepared coming into the Yankees series. And as I'll say that between the Yankees, I think either the Yankees or the Astros at this point are going to win the World Series. The only team that could beat the Astros or the Yankees, the only team that could beat the Yankees or the Astros. So mm-hmm. whoever survives this series, I think, is going to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. So, you know, game one is definitely not the be-all end-all, considering the fact that they're actually playing right now while we're recording this podcast, and the Astros are up one nothing. So... Yeah, they, you know, it doesn't mean the Yankees are out, but it, it definitely a, a change. I think it's in the fourth inning, fourth inning, fourth inning. inning. It's one nothing Astros, yeah. So it's definitely a change of pace from the first game. So to say the series over would be absolutely ludicrous. Um, but yeah, good good win for the Yankees. It's, it's good to see them win as a Yankees fan. Uh, hopefully we can keep it up and come away with game two by the end of by the end of the night. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say. I mean, well, we're kind of going to talk about this, but. I guess we'll go right into it. Um, the Nationals and the Dodgers. The fact that the Nationals beat the Dodgers like completely changes like my lack of confidence in the Yankees possibly winning twenty eighth championship. I don't know if I said that right, but obviously I'm not rooting for the Yankees to win. But because the Nationals are possibly the team that's coming out of the NL and not the Dodgers, makes me less confident that the Yankees won't win. That that, that makes sense, right? It does make sense. Okay. Um. I mean, their road to a World Series is much different now that it's not the Dodgers. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I guess on for, I guess we would talk about Clayton Kershaw's little thing. Um, so the Dodgers were well on their way. Well, like they were up 3-1, to one, and they brought Clayton Kershaw in in the 7th or 8th inning, and he gave up back-to-back home runs. Um, that's like so... F- frustrating obviously I didn't want the Nationals to win I wanted the Dodgers to win and the fact that they bring in their best pitcher and he completely blows it for them and now it's the Nationals still in the playoffs and not the Dodgers is very upsetting now he's a meme yeah I mean he was (laughs) for playoff baseball and now it's just even worse because it's just been proven over and over again um trying to think if there's anything else in that series it kind of reminded me of when the Mets beat the Dodgers in 2015 because the Dodgers were – they weren't as good as they were this season, but they were definitely uh, considered much better than the Mets, and they beat them out. So I can't be, like, that frustrated because the Mets did the same thing. Um, going from there, I guess we'll go Cardinals and Braves. Um, not as big of a surprise with the Dodgers and Nationals series, obviously, but – uh, the Cardinals ended up beating out the Braves, and um, I kind of feel for the Braves fans because, once again, their team doesn't pull it out for them in the playoffs when they're supposed to be so good, and 
this was their year that they were going to make it to the World Series and do great things. Obviously, there's still a bright future for the Braves considering who's on their roster. Um, but it's just... Like, I don't know why I feel bad for them because I'm not a Braves fan, obviously, and I want the Braves to lose, but it's a sucky situation, I guess. It should be the Mets. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then... Um, Anything else about that? No, I don't think so. Um, from there, obviously the Nationals and the Cardinals are playing in the NLDS. No, NLCS. Yeah, championship. Um, and the Nationals won game one. Very frustrating because I don't want the Nationals to do anything. I mean, I don't hate them as much as since they don't have Bryce Harper anymore. But the whole situation with... Uh, Bryce Harper is kind of funny. I mean, he leaves the Nationals, and they make it farther than they've ever made it in the playoffs with Bryce Harper, um, which is kind of ironic, but baseball is funny that way. And I think the Nationals are up 2-0 over the Cardinals. Is that right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, there were two games, and they won both. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking on that, I'll just stop you real quick. I feel like this is more general about all sports. When superstars when superstars leave a team, it kind of creates more of a, a, a team a team culture mm-hmm. within you know within the team that, that everyone has to step up. It's not like we're playing behind a player. We're we're all equals now. Mm-hmm. So you know that you know uh, it's funny because my roommate back at college he always makes fun of me when we talk about baseball. He's like. Like, you don't know enough about baseball. You keep talking about the culture. I feel like culture is such a big thing. Yeah. Um, like, when I played high school sports, I always, like, focused on it. And I kind of want to set a culture for the future for, for our high school. It was like, you know, shut up. You know, don't don't talk, whatever. You know, don't talk on the field. Don't talk off the field. Put in hard work and, and work as a team, and that'll get you wins. And You know, working as a team sometimes can be an issue when you have a superstar like Bryce Harper. So. Sure. Not saying it's technically his fault. It might just be the other people's mentality that they kind of feel inferior to him or they're playing, again, behind him. So when he yeah. leaves, it kind of creates, creates a change in morale in the team, which I feel like in baseball goes a long way. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, a lot of examples of that. I mean, when in basketball, like LeBron mm-hmm. James is – I don't know. But there's definitely in the past been, like, a big player has come, uh, gotten injured and then they play better without him, stuff like that. So it's definitely a situation mm-hmm. like that. It's just – Surprising that. Well, I'm thinking, I mean, right, I think, I think I'm thinking of the Warriors, right? And they do better without KD on the floor. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. That's always a interesting situation. Um, I guess the last thing to cover is the Mets manager search. Um, right now, it seems like, interestingly enough, it's Carlos Beltran who's in the lead to get the job. There's been a lot of uh, stuff that. I think it came out today that he had job interviews with the Cubs and there's another team, and he declined them. Nick celebrating about something. I yeah, Aaron Judge did a two-run home run. Oh, the Yankees take the lead, F- top that. of the fourth. So annoying. <laughs> um, oh, I knew what, what I was going to say. No, I don't. Uh, okay. <laughs> what was it? Okay. Carlos Beltran had two interviews lined up, and he declined both of them because he just wants the Mets job. Which like I didn't hear about that. Carlos Beltran is lining up for a managerial spot. Yeah, he wants to be the Mets manager. Yeah. I mean, I like I like I like Carlos Beltran. If you didn't get a 
if, if you don't get Girardi. Yeah, I'd I rather like Girardi Beltran. than Beltran. I mean, obviously, I think anybody would, but I think Beltran's a good guy. That's, He's solid. Yeah, I just, I don't want... You want somebody with experience. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing about Carlos Beltran, like, compared to Mickey Callaway, one of the things that I had against Mickey Callaway is that he doesn't, he didn't know how to, like, do New York and all that stuff, but Carlos Beltran mm-hmm. definitely has experience with that. Yeah. Um, I guess if they got Carlos Beltran, I'd be fine with it. I'd just rather have Joe Girardi. Um... From there, I guess we'll go into some football. Um, what do you want to talk Giants, Seattle, Cleveland. Should we start from the beginning of the week with the Giants? Yeah, I guess we'll start at the beginning. Uh, my Giants fell 14-35 to 35 against the Patriots. Uh, I think at half, the Giants are down like 14-17. to 17. It, wasn't, it, was, it was a closer score at the half. I, I can't remember the exact score. Uh, the Giants kind of held their own. It, even though the Giants lost pretty badly to the Patriots, you know, it looked good. Uh, Daniel Jones, I would say, has definitely fallen off since his first game against the Buccaneers, but it was kind of expected, you know, yeah. going from a team like the Buccaneers to, to the Patriots. Uh, you could definitely expect some fall off, which I think the Buccaneers lost by a ton today, right? We don't have them listed here. Uh, uh, the, I think Jameis Winston threw five or six interceptions today. Um, wow. So I know they lost by a ton. Yeah, uh, actually, it wasn't so bad. They lost thirty-seven to twenty-six against the the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll stick to the Giants. So yeah, uh, the Patriots look better than ever. You know, they're, they're the clear Super Bowl favorites. They're the only real undefeated team left, even though the 49ers technically are, but they tied. But yeah, um, so Tom Brady has not looked good in terms of the Patriots side. He is is definitely his worst season yet. Really? He doesn't really. He's he's making. Less good throws in terms of like decision making, but you know it's still a decent decision. It's still Tom Brady's decision making. Mm-hmm. So he's on the lower end of that is still higher than anybody else. Yeah. Um, but physically, he doesn't seem like he's losing the ability to really you know throw balls deep and throw balls with with some power on them. To be expected when you're getting into your mid forties. So I think Tom Brady's starting to decline. I'm not saying he's anywhere near done. Cause I remember what was it? Um, who said that? I think it was Max Kellerman said that uh, Tom Brady was going to fall off a cliff. Yet the, the Patriots are six and zero right now. Huh. He said that. I think he said that last year that Tom Brady's going to fall off a cliff. So I think it's ludicrous to say Tom Brady's done, but yeah. he's not looking as good as he used to be. And you're starting to see some decline, but you know that some decline is not really affecting them too bad. Um, and I yeah, think the Giants are going to the Giants are going to get back Saquon Barkley next week. So. Uh, you know, kind of a blowout for Patriots, kind of what expected, but I think both teams can really bring some positives out of there. What are so they, yeah, that, what's that the Giants record? I think they're two and three now. Okay. That's not horrible. That's, not That's better than most people thought, would have thought. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll talk about the Jets, and then we'll just do the rest. Um, so, the Jets won today. Sam Darnold came back. I think that uh, isn't a coincidence that when Sam Darnold comes back, they do good. <laughs> Um, their offense actually moved the ball. I, the first throw was a, a first down. Very exciting. I mean, just that is a positive. And then they got out to a twenty-one six halftime lead, which I'm sure not pe- many people expected against the Cowboys, considering it was the Jets who were zero and four, and they were putting beat down on the Cowboys. Obviously. Um, the final score was 24-22, so the Cowboys definitely did come back in the second half, and I thought it was going to be what happened in week one, where the Jets were 
had the lead and it ended up being that they lost because they couldn't hold on to um, the lead they had. And it was kind of similar. I mean, they stopped really scoring, which is something they have to get better at if they want to be a good team. Um, the one um, disappointing thing is that they played so well today that it's just kind of like what could have been if Sam Darnold didn't get injured. And I know we talked about last week that um, the Jets aren't like aren't really a good team. But, I mean, they did show today that they definitely have what it takes to be better than average, maybe. I don't know. Average. Um, so that was disheartening, but it's exciting to finally have a win on the board. And Sam Darnold definitely was exciting to watch. I agree with you. Uh, the Jets look really great today. As a Jets fan, something to be excited about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sam Darnold looked, looked pretty good today. Um, it's good to have him back. In terms of Luke Falk, I don't know if you heard, but they they waived him. Yeah, he's the first player to to start and then get waived the next week since like I think they said on, on the when they were broadcasting like two thousand one, two thousand three. <laughs> it's very rare that a player gets gets to start one week and then gets waived the next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Le'Veon Bell looks like he has some room to work with this week. Um, the Jets season's kind of lost at this point now that they're they're one and four. You know, I don't know what you could, you know, you could have two mindsets going forward as a Jets fan, either tank, forget winning, or see the wins you can get and try to start, like, building some culture. Yeah. I I would just play, you know, I wouldn't even keep a mindset. I, let the Jets play a couple games, see how it goes. If they start to win, I'd say build the culture. Mm-hmm. If not, tank, you know. They have to go 12-2 and two to be 10-6. and six. Wait, what did I just say? Yeah, wait. No, ten and, ten and two. Ten and two. Yeah, <laughs> that was bad math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, in terms of, the, I just wanted the, the Cowboys. Yeah. You know, I love seeing as a Giants fan. I, I don't mind every other NFC team except the NFC East team besides the Cowboys. Don't like the Cowboys. Not a fan. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how the Cowboys have the number one offense in the league, and and the first the first team that really stumped them was the New York Jets. Who would who would have thought, right? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, the Cowboys offense did not look great today. A lot of penalties. Um, looked a little bit dysfunctional. Couldn't get, couldn't really run the ball like they wanted to for a majority of, of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the defense was kind of lacking too. I mean, they're letting the Jets, who were 0-4, had the worst offense in the NFL. They had, uh, I think they scored their first actual receiving or their second receiving touchdown. They scored their first touchdown in the in the first half yeah. all season. And they, they walked all over the Cowboys in the first half. So that's just... It's a testament to Sam Darnold. It's it's embarrassing on the Cowboys' part. Um, <laughs> if you're a Cowboys fan, you're not winning the NFC East. It's it's going to the Eagles or the Giants. I I heavily lean on the Eagles. Yeah, not a, not a good sign. And the Cowboys, I think, have lost a few in a row now. Or they're on a, they're in kind of a losing a downturn. So if you're if you're the Cowboys, you're gonna you're gonna have to do something. You're gonna have to adjust. Yeah, I mean, but, I think. The Cowboys, their week one was so good that people, like, started to overhype them. And I was kind of confused why they were doing it. I mean, it was just week one. Um, and from there, they haven't really shown much. Um, what I guess we'll go to Buccaneers-Panthers uh, real quick. Okay. Um, I think James Winston threw five or six interceptions. At Buccaneers, at this rate, the way they're going, they seem to be the most inconsistent team in the NFL. 
Um, I think the Giants are two and four, by the way. Right, my bad. Okay. Um, got my correction real quick. Uh, so <laughs> Buccaneers just seem to be such an inconsistent team. One week they absolutely destroy a great team. Next week they take a run in the mill team like the Panthers and they get destroyed by them. I want to say the Panthers again. The Panthers aren't a bad team, but they're definitely not top top of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Def- I think I would say they're top ten in the NFL, where they're not like top five. So yeah, and they and they get killed by the, the Panthers. Um, in terms of the Panther side, Kyle Allen is now four zero as the the Panthers uh, starter. Christian McCaffrey has kind of lifted himself up to be the best running back in the NFL. Um, he's he's just abs- He's having an amazing season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. So, if they're a Panthers fan, uh, something, something to be excited about. Good chance to make the playoffs. If you're a Buccaneers fan, hell on high water. I don't know how to feel. Depends like in the week. Um, what are you looking up? Well, I was looking up what Cam Newton's injury is. Uh, yeah, he's been out for quite some time now. He's like, again, at least four weeks. Do you know what it is? I don't know. It, you know, it kind of raises a question for Panthers fans, too. Yeah, like, where do you go? This, is, this, is, some, this is something for Panthers fans leaves in, in the questions, comments, concerns area, you know. If, uh, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of happens a lot in football. I guess it happened with the Yankees early in baseball. If your team's doing well, are you going to take yeah. the starter that was injured and put him back in? Yeah. It, it leaves a lot of questions to be answered. Um, the, the Yankees put their starters back in, and they performed pretty well, so, you know, yeah, I... I don't know that you can really compare baseball to football, but, you know, dilemma. Dilemma for – good problem to have for the Panthers, though, at the end of the That's day. True. Yeah. When – was Kyle Allen drafted this year? I have no clue. Okay. It, it reminds me, why is Kyle Allen playing? They, they drafted uh, Will Greer this year, didn't they? Who? Will Greer, he played for the West Virginia. Oh. Um, um, he's Nash Greer's brother, the, the Vine superstar. <laughs> Thanks, that clears it up. Yeah. I want to see when Kyle Allen started. So, uh, they they drafted Will Greer this year, and they haven't touched him. He hasn't started yet, which I was a little surprised because I figured if Ken Newton went down, Will Greer can kind of run it like um, kind of run the offense like like Cam Newton. But I guess they just had more confidence in, in Kyle Allen, and, and it has not let them down. Yeah. The fact that he's four zero. Yeah. Um. Where do you want to go next? I'll get down the line now. Okay. Um, so, Seattle beat Cleveland 32-28. Uh, the Browns continue to collapse isn't the right word, but just not play well. Perform up to standards. <laughs> I mean, 32-22 is not bad, and it was the Seahawks, but I think Baker Mayfield had three interceptions. I want to see what Odell's stats were. Sure. Um... Like Why are you looking that up? Uh, Baker Mayfield went out today. He got like he got taken in the locker room. He got roughed up. He came back. Um, Odell, Odell has not performed well. How did he do? He had 101 yards. Oh, that's pretty well. Yeah. Right. Maybe I didn't really hear about it, so I didn't. I'm expecting the duel, but yeah. yeah. Um, you can you can finish if you yeah. want to talk. I mean, the Seahawks are doing really well this season. Russell Wilson continues to show why he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league, maybe the top quarterback in the league right now. Well, Patrick Mahomes. But definitely the Seahawks are a team to watch in the NFC along with the um, Chiefs. Mm -hmm. 
Um, um, I totally agree with you. Uh, Seahawks, I think it's a testament to uh, Pete Carroll and his ability to teach defensive principles. I forget some somebody said that already, but I, I totally agree with it. The fact, the fact that the Seahawks defense got depleted, they drafted pretty well under under Pete Carroll's direction in terms of defense. Mm-hmm. They put together another defense, and, and under Pete Carroll, again, he's great at de- teaching defensive concepts. One of the best defenses, again, in the league this year. And, and, it, and then on the offensive side, as you said, uh, Russell Wilson is just a, a special player. He's kind of hard to – he doesn't seem to put up, like, the stats that the other, the other quarterbacks do in terms of, like, Pat Mahomes, but he always seems to get the win. You know, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Seahawks have just been one of those teams that they're kind of in a rebuilding state. Yet at the same time, they still win, and they're five and one. So it's it, they're pretty interesting team to watch. In terms of uh, Cleveland, I think Cleveland's suffering from two two problems right now. Third is there's a third problem, but I'll get to that. It's kind of a lesser problem. Uh, the the first and foremost problem I probably see is the coaching. I don't think they have a good coach in Kitchen. What is his name? Freddie Kitchens. I I've seen their play calling. It's not great. It seems it seems to lack creativity. It doesn't seem like it's getting the job done. Um, another issue they seem to be having, I think, was Freddy their Kitchens. offseason. Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. yeah. Um, second problem that they had was all starting their offseason. Uh, Colin Coward put, um, said this on on his uh, show. How it has a point. Baker Mayfield and 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 Odell and Jarvis Landry they didn't really practice over the summer in the off season at all when they weren't when when it wasn't mandatory even if it was Odell mm-hmm. skipped the mandatory practices yeah you know he, he he pointed out like Edelman and Brady even though they've been playing together for how many years now they still practice timing you know out routes slant routes the timing in the off season even when they don't have to and that wins championships yeah. when you don't practice when you get a new wide receiver because look I've played football for how many years now and I play a little bit of quarterback. On some of these routes, you know, timing is everything. And if you don't practice timing, then you're going to throw incompletions. You're going to throw interceptions. You know, if you're throwing a post route and you're trying to – against like a cover three and you're trying to – so a cover three, you have three deep safeties. And if you, you could throw to a post route on a cover three. If, if you – when he breaks on that post route, if you hit him as he breaks, you'll be able to slip it in between the two, the two, the two deep safeties. Okay. If you throw it too late, you're going to nail the safety right in the chest and that's an interception, the middle safety. So – uh, you know, timing routes like that, you know, out routes, stuff like that. If you throw too late, it'll be interception because a quarterback will be able to come up you know, on, on a little simpler terms. So again, timing's everything. They didn't practice over the summer. You know, talent's definitely not their problem. I think that Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns have the most talented roster in the NFL as a whole. They have talent at every single position, and they're not winning. So, you know, I think those, those two are their major problems. And I think the third problem is kind of the media is getting to their heads. You know, Baker Mayfield and Odell constantly show up in, in the media – saying, you know, this and that, and, and stuff that really doesn't matter. I think they're thinking about too much about that and, and, and not about, you know, building building a game plan. Yeah. And we can't really see what they do behind cl- closed doors, but to, to me, this, this is what seems like to be the problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's all, like you said, it's their personalities combining isn't the greatest combination for them to have, and it's definitely on display. And I feel like that goes back to them not practicing together. They'd rather build their own personal brand rather than the team. I mean, mm-hmm. I just like Baker Meek Mayfield's in a lot of commercials that I've seen recently. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like 
that might be too much of a focus for him, and I'm sure Odell does the same thing. Mm. Uh, next up, uh, 49ers, Rams. Uh, the 49ers stay undefeated. That's all I really have to say about that. I didn't really watch it, so I don't know if you have anything. Um, yeah, 49ers showed pretty uh, dominance. They showed dominance against the Rams. 49ers have kind of slipped in as people aren't really sure they should be there. They technically are an undefeated team, but they, again, they tied. So yeah. I don't know if I'm sold in the 49ers yet, but he, you know, um, again, Colin, Colin, Colin either says ridiculous things or he says brilliant things. And I like to pick apart the brilliant things. Okay. He, NFL is a result oriented league and you can't argue when a team's four or either four or five, Oh, and one or they're four, Oh, and one. And you can't argue with the results. The 49ers are doing well. They're, they're good defensively, good offensively. They're the best tight end in the NFL, in my opinion, next to maybe like Travis Kelsey. Well, I haven't really heard much about George Kittle this season, but I don't know how he's doing. Wait, are you sh- – it looks like they're straight 5-0. and out. No, no, no. They, they've definitely tied. They beat the Buccaneers 31-17, beat the Bengals 41-17, beat the Steelers 24-20, beat the Browns 31-3, and beat the Rams 27 According to ESPN. They've definitely tied. Okay, whatever. We'll go with it. All right. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like George Kittle's been a little bit quiet this season, but regardless, you can't argue with the results. Jimmy Garoppolo and the rest of the team, they're carrying. Um, the Rams have kind of been disappointed this season. You know, yeah. Aaron Donald has been extremely quiet, who, you know, has been my favorite player in the NFL for, for quite some time, for about two, three years now. As a former defensive tackle, would like to see the, the big men get the the inner big men get some sacks. So yeah. he was a really fun player to watch. He was the best player in the NFL, voted by the NFL players. He's been pretty quiet. Doesn't lead the league in sacks. I believe that's held by somebody on the Buccaneers. Um, I can't think of his name right off the bat, but um, yeah. So the Rams' defense has been quiet. On offensively, I, I'd want to draft in George. Uh, George, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's been absolutely quiet. I think the knee issues, people have been, you know, on the fence about them, and it's been kind of a controversy. Should you be focusing on his knee issues? I think they're really affecting him. Uh, he's He has such a limited number of snaps, and when he gets in there, he just doesn't look like, you know, a lot of times as a running back, you need to get into a rhythm, and he could, if he's not getting the snaps that he needs to get into a rhythm, he's just not going to perform, on top of the fact that he has knee issues. So, the Rams have definitely been stifled this season. Uh, not a good look for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, next, Houston uh, kind of pulled out a little bit of a shocker being the Chiefs today. Um, Patrick Mahomes, he played. He was. He did okay. Not his usual uh, self. He had three touchdowns, one interception, nineteen for thirty-five, which was probably one of the bigger problems for him. And then Deshaun Watson didn't play that. Didn't. It's probably worse than him, but um, they ended up pulling out the win 31-24. Is that all? That's all I have to say. All right. Uh, um, I guess I'll take over. I'm personally a pretty big Chiefs fan. Uh, I like to see the Mahomes do well. I'm also kind of – I like the Texans, too. It's probably, like, my two favorite teams outside of the Giants. You know, I, I don't really – I'm not really big into, like, team rivalries and stuff. I just mm-hmm. love football, so. Um, I wish I could say so. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been he's been kind of struggling as of lately. Tyreek Hill returned lately, uh today. Not lately. <laughs> Tyreek Hill turned today. Oh, yeah. I think he I think he had two touchdowns. He performed extremely well. Um, I think Kansas City's just struggling from the fact that they don't have a defense. Yeah. 
Their defense has been pretty bad. They have um, It's funny because they hired C. Spagnuolo, who was the defensive coordinator of the of the Giants. Yeah. And his defense with the Chiefs struggles with the same thing as it did with the Giants. Huh. He's in coverage, but cannot get a pass rush. And when he does send pass rushes, he, you know, he sends heavy blitzes, and he, they get beat. They get beat when they send the blitzes. Um, yeah, the fact, you know, the Chiefs, I, I, I watched this game today. When you can't get Patrick Mahomes on, on the field, then how is your offense going to perform if he can't get on the field, if they're, if they're constantly – if if, especially because the time of possession today, I think Houston had 37 minutes in terms of times of possession versus the Chiefs' 20 minutes of time of possession. And I think it's really a common theme among, along the Chiefs this year is that they can't, the offense can't get the hold of the ball because we, we see, all see what the Chiefs' offense can do. It's incredible. Okay. But if they're not getting the ball, then they're not doing anything with it. Um, on the Texans' side, it's definitely been a, a pretty good season for them. J.J. Watt's been, been doing pretty well. Um, you know, even – even regardless of the, regardless of the fact that they lost uh, Jadavion Clowney, the Texas defense has been doing pretty well. Um, on the offensive side, uh, Will Fuller has been has been absolutely tearing it up. Unfortunately for me, because I selected Andrew Hopkins in my first pick, and he hasn't done much this year. Uh, Deshaun Watson has play, played very well today. Um, in terms of the, the game itself, I feel like the Texans won that game because they wanted it more than the Chiefs. It, it wasn't really like game planning. It, the final touchdown. Um, the Texans ran a lot of RPOs today, and it was an RPO. The run got clogged, so DeAndre, uh, DeAndre, um, I can't, oh my God, why am I blanking out? The quarterback for the Texans, I just said his name before, Watson. <laughs> Watson pulled the ball for the, for the pass on the RPO. Um, had nobody open, so he, he decided to run it himself. Went one-on-one with the defender, um, juked him out, and then and dove into the end zone, so. You know, it was kind of a gritty win, but it was it was definitely a heartfelt win. Um, good good uh, news for the Texans fans, and the Chiefs got to figure it out. Hopefully, they can do better in, in the future. Yeah, I'm sure they will. They're the, they're our only hope of beating the uh, the Patriots this race. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up, I just included this um with the Redskins and the Dolphins because it was the battle of the undefeated and the Redskins pulled the battle of the the defeated. Oh yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so the Redskins beat the Dolphins 17-16. Um, Basically proves that both teams are horrible. Yeah. Uh, Adrian <laughs> Peterson did have a good game. He had 118 yards. I don't really know how he's been doing this season, but... They haven't really been running him since really? it's like the first week. They, they kind of want to hand it over to Darius Geis. And, um, I forgot, I think they have Chris Thompson back there. So they've been kind of giving them all the carries. Adrian Peterson has not got that many carries this season, but when he does carry the ball, he usually does well. I don't. I, I guess they're just they know that Adrian Peterson only has a year or two left in him, so they're not trying to yeah. really, really make him a, a mantle to their offense, especially with the fact that it's struggling. They want to build on the younger players. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I get, but I don't know. Adrian, in that case, just let him go, release him, That's, trade him. Yeah, they could probably. That's definitely true. Um, when he t- when he, he's touching the ball and he's getting, if a running back gets a hundred yards in a, in a game, and yeah, and and that will be NFL. He, he, yeah. Oh my God, I'm watching the Yankee game. That's why I said that. Oh God, uh, in the NFL, then I feel like they definitely have a spot on the roster to at least get playing time, get some reps. Definitely true. Um, I guess that's it for football. Um, oh, and a shout shout out to any uh you know NFL uh. Representatives watching this, somebody signed C.J. Anderson. This man is 
has nothing, did nothing but performed, and nobody wants him. And I don't understand why. I, I think it's because he, he's a little overweight, but he's kind of a bruising back anyway, so it doesn't really it shouldn't make, like when he gets he's again when he gets in the game he puts up results, and I don't understand why people won't sign him. But yeah, to all the NFL I digress. out there. Um, I guess we'll get into basketball. Um, I guess we'll talk about the Knicks. Uh, so the Knicks are one and one preseason. They had a pretty bad loss. Who was it against? The Wizards. Oh, they beat the Wizards and they lost the Wizards. Um, obviously not a lot to take away from the preseason, considering it's the preseason. Um, but some things that I've seen, R.J. Barrett has definitely shown a lot of good signs. He had 17 points in his first game, 15 points in his second game, and was good on defense. Um, I kind of... I didn't think I would like Alfred Payton, but from what I've watched, he's like very intense on defense, which I didn't know about him. And he looks normal now with now with his uh, haircut, which always bothered me. Um, and I also like Taj Gibson. He seems to be someone who builds a culture for a team, like we talked about, and is gonna Marcus Morris and Marcus Morris too, and um, kind of get them to be more defensive-minded, which was something they struggled with last year. I think the biggest problem for them is going to be um, scoring and who to give the ball to, not because they have too much talent, because they don't have that much talent on the offensive side of the ball. So that's probably going to be a problem for them. But I wouldn't be so – well, I'd be a little surprised, but if they were able to squeak out the eighth seed, um, they have enough there that I think they could in the – yeah, I think they could. But, obviously, it's a preseason, and I don't want to go too far into it. Um, second thing, Zion Williamson. We, I did a video on him for his first game. He's been playing really well. I mean, yeah. one of the things that has become apparent for me, which I thought might be a concern, is that he continues to just, like, bully people down low and always be able to get to the basket. And I thought him playing the NBA where everyone's much bigger – He'd have a little trouble with that, but it doesn't seem like he's having any trouble with that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I felt like, again, his his game in college was, was snagging rebounds and bullying people inside. I didn't think he was going to be able to in, in the NBA because he, he, you know, he's not as big as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wrong. He's definitely. I I thought Ryan Williamson in the NBA was going to be all right. I never thought he was going to be bad. I just didn't think he was going to live to his number one height, number one pick hype, and you know LeBron comparisons. But at the rate we're going, you know, if he keeps it up, he's going to average, you know, 30, 30 points in 30 minutes, then he's going to be quite the, quite the problem for, you know, the NBA for quite some time. Uh, he's shooting ridiculously well inside the paint, you know, shooting upwards of 85 to 90%. And even behind the arc, I know he's shooting pretty well, too. Like, he's he's taking advantage of most of the three-pointers that the teams were giving him. So he's looking extremely good for his preseason games. Yeah, that team should be interesting with Lonzo and him. Um, probably a good combination. Uh, next, talk about the China controversy a little bit. I think Nick is more knows more about it, so I'll just yeah. you talk about it. I actually explained this to, to Brian right before we hopped on. Uh, yeah, because I didn't know on the podcast. Um, so I'll start from the beginning. Of what a lot of people don't understand what the Hong Kong and it, yeah, it's all it's all political based. It's not sports, but. It's it's gone over to the sports realm with the sports. I'll I'll start I'll start from the beginning. Um, China is a communist country. 
meaning that they have a dictator. Um, they're, you know, they're kind of one government rather than a democracy like America has, where you know we vote we vote on on who's our elected officials and whatnot. Um, where China has dictators that pass it down to generation generation, and and they're the people who were elected to Congress is is very like intergovernment. It doesn't really the citizens aren't really involved with it. Um, and all this is true, except in Hong Kong, which is it's a certain part of China, um, where the British have been in control for quite some time now. Um, I think I believe it's back under Chinese control at this point, but for a while now it was British ruled, and because of that, they've had democracy there for they they've actually installed some some versions of democracy where they have free press, um, they have they're allowed to have free markets. So you know throughout the rest of the China. Uh, markets are controlled strictly by the government, and the government has a, a large part of say about what 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 markets do. And in terms of in markets, I mean like businesses. You know, can they purchase these goods from these people? Um, where in Hong Kong, you know, businesses have freedoms to do that. Um, although this is true, the, the people of Hong Kong feel as if they're not really they really don't have democracy because they are still connected to China. Although they have kind of have freedom of speech, China still says you can't talk bad about the leader, and you know that they're very picky about what you can and can say. So the people of China, in Hong Kong want complete democracy, similar to what America had. That's what they're kind of looking for. Um, and you know, derailing from the political talk, going back in sports now, uh, the Rockets, Houston Rockets uh, general manager Daryl Money tweeted out in favor of these of these protests uh, about a week ago or so. Um, in doing so, he, the NBA, I think, believe told him that, or was challenged him on it. And after speaking about it, the NBA decided not to suspend him, saying that he does have the, the freedom of speech. Um, however, you know, th- since 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 that statement, they've kind of changed their views on it. Because when they when they said that Daryl Money has the right to post that. China started pulling games that they were going to play in the NBA, and they started pulling advertisements from the NBA in China. So as such, the NBA didn't want to lose all that money and decided to side with China in, in you know, indirectly supporting communism, which is is, is a problem with, with some people. Um, you know, they, they basically disallowed any of the NBA players to talk about it, um, which I think is interesting because I don't feel like NBA players want to talk about the China situation to begin with, you know. I remember a CNN reporter asked uh, uh, James Harden and and Russell Westbrook because they were sitting there how they felt about the situation. And although uh, somebody else who was affiliated to the NBA said they weren't allowed to answer those questions, you could you could easily see in their eyes that they didn't want to answer them regardless. Like they just want to play basketball. They don't care about the politics, which is why we all get into sports anyway because we don't want to deal with the politics. We want to deal with the sports. Yeah. You know, rivalry in sports and. And going against each other in sports is it's kind of a nice thing to have because at the end of the day, you know, you, you both love that sport where politics can get real rough at sometimes. Um, but I, I, I think I foresee like two larger problems is that co- coaches like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, they they often talk about Trump in, in, in negative light. They they obviously do not like Trump. Um, I'm not going to try and sway anybody on this podcast of, of politics, but you know, I think it's pretty evident they don't like Trump and they're pretty open about how, how much they dislike him. But when they're asked about the the, the China incidents and, and the Hong Kong uh, protests, they seem to not want to answer questions about them. They seem, I think, Steve Kerr said he doesn't have enough information, and that and that uh, it seems like too uh, there's too many sides to it, and he doesn't really know enough about it. He doesn't want to speak on it, 
which is kind of a huge contrast to how he speaks about, you know, the U.S. president. I can't tell if that's because of the NBA told him to say that or that's his own personal belief, but it was just kind of interesting. And secondarily to that, um, at, at NBA games, they're not allowing people to have any protests of some sorts within the games. Like um, people in the stands are not allowed to hold any any politic driven signs to say, to say like in, anything about Hong Kong. So again, the NBA is sort of siding with China in terms of like, um, you know, being anti-protests in order to re- retain their advertisements and, and the games that are held there and, and, you know, the fans that they have there. So I think it's a pretty interesting situation. Um, you know, now I've given you guys all the facts. My personal belief is that, you know, the NBA should really choose morals over money in this point. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of communism. Um, I think that, you know, but regardless of what I think, I feel like the NBA players and, and all the NBA should be allowed to say what they say. And if that loses them China with, with China dealings, then so be it. Yeah. You know, ha- have the morality to let the players say what they want to say if they want to say it. That's, like, one of the things that really bothers me when, like, it seems like business takes uh, – is more important than, like, basic human rights and being moral about things. That's when it's, like, kind of like, okay, like, the NBA has enough money. If they don't have China, it's fine. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, I didn't really know about that, so that's kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, I guess we'll go Harden's new yeah. shoe. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit. You know, talking about the Rockets in a negative light. Also, the Rockets are not doing well in the preseason, which kind of sucks. But they said they're going to start to stagger Russell Westbrook's and James Harden's minutes. So hopefully, that'll be good for when the regular season rolls around. Um, on a positive news, <laughs> James Harden's new uh, shoe release, Volume 4. I think uh, LeBron's shoe is dropping right on the corner. I think it's seven teams. They look pretty interesting. I'm, I'm kind of a shoe guy. I, I do enjoy my sneakers. I think I'm going to pick up a pair of these Hardens. Um, I think he dropped his barbershops today. They're like they're like black. They're all basketball shoes. Um, they're like black, and they have red, white, and blue, like a, like a barbershop pole. They're, if anybody wants to look them up, they're the James Harden Volume 4s, uh, barbershop edition. Or just you took a barbershop. So those are the shoes I think they dropped today. So, you know, they're a pretty interesting shoe. I think I might pick up a pair. I've seen, I've heard that they're actually good for playing basketball in, and I kind of do need some basketball-based shoes. I'm trying to get the pink ones that he's going to release. They look pretty cool. Um, pink and blue ones? No, nah, I just like the pure pink ones. I forget what they're called. Oh, I see that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a fan of pink. I'm a fan of wearing pink, so. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, so nice. I'm going to pick me a pair of those. So, yeah, issue drops. I don't know. Something to add to the podcast and see if you guys like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up is some college football talk. Um, I don't know what just happened to my computer. Okay, we're back. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you can just go into it. All right, yeah, college football is kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, college, it's, so college football has probably been the best week of college football to date up until this point. Um, I guess nobody cares about Villanova, so I'll start out with them. Uh, Villanova lost the first game. Going into the game, they were playing James Madison University. Uh, Villanova was ranked five. JMU was was ranked two. So it was a pretty heavily heavily anticipated uh, contest. Uh, JMU wanted pulling out 38-24. Villanova did not play well. Uh, our starting running back, Justin Covington, he's, he's injured. So he didn't play in the game. Um, so it kind of disappointed as a Villanova fan. I mean, we're not out of it yet because – the playoffs for the the FCS are a little bit wider. They're more like the the basketball playoffs. They they involve a lot more teams rather than just four, um, which we'll get into later. Uh, 
So it's not over for the Villanova yet, but you know, a little disappointing to see him lose. Uh, moving on, uh, I think I think the biggest game of the week for me was LSU. Uh, LSU wound up beating Florida, seven seed, by uh, a score of forty-two to twenty-eight. Uh, I think Florida is now a nine seed now, or were they a nine seed? I, I don't know. Penn State's a seven seed. My bad. Florida's a nine seed. Um, and that wound up moving up LSU to the number two seed in AP polling, which is kind of interesting. Um, I didn't. I don't really see them as the two seed, but you know, AP polling is kind of kind of weird in that way. Uh, Joe Burrow continues to put on, you know, Heisman, Heisman rate uh, performances, uh, LSU's quarterback. So good news for you, LSU, LSU fans. Florida, you, you, you're doing all right, but it does not look like you're going to make the playoffs this year. Um, I'm just going to skip over that, that. I have a story I'm going to say at the end about football. It's more story-driven. Um, secondarily, Oklahoma anticipated a matchup against the Texas Longhorns this weekend. Oklahoma winded up winning 34-27. to uh, they're kind of stuck in the sixth seed right now, which is is kind of dragging for Oklahoma. That they, they can't seem to get themselves back into the top four seeds for the in the AP polling. So that's happening there. Uh, Bama, and, Bama beat Texas A and M, and they they skip up to the number one seed. They won forty seven to twenty eight. Uh, Clemson beat FSU to forty five to fifteen, and they fell to the three seed after winning, and they're still six and zero. I find it kind of interesting. That's my that's one of my major problems with AP polls, which again we'll get into later. Is that they're winning and they, they fell to the three seeds, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, biggest upset of the week: South Carolina wound up upsetting Georgia, and Georgia falls to the ten seed, which they were, I believe, at the three seed before this. So a big drop off from Georgia. Big upset. Uh, pretty interesting. Ohio, which I don't think they played this week, they slipped into the fourth. They slipped into the four seed behind their quarterback Justin Fields, who also putting up is also putting up a Heisman caliber season. Um, then it off. Uh, Nevada, football. Uh, they wound up switching quarterbacks this week, and they wound up switching to Malik Henry. If you guys don't know him, he was a part of season three, as well as season four of Last Chance You on Netflix, one of my favorite football series. If you guys haven't watched it, go watch it. Great series. Um, he finally got his start. You know, he's been he's been dangling around. The depths of, of football, and he, he finally got his chance to start. He originally went to FSU, went to uh, uh, Kansas. He went to went to Kansas Community College, and you know for JUCO, and then he came back to Nevada. Has been play- He was supposed to start the season at some point. He's been playing at the third seed for the quarterback, and they finally gave him a start this week. They wound up winning, I believe, forty something to thirty eight, like forty one to thirty eight against San Jose State, which isn't a great team, but a win's a win. Um, good luck for Blake Henry. Hopefully, he keeps doing well. I think he's a pretty talented quarterback. He, I feel like he has NFL talent, so if he can just get in the right situation, he should be able to to perform. And so, good news for him. Um, that about wraps up college football for the week. Good run through there. That was very nice. Um, um, I guess I don't really know about this, but the XFL draft is coming up. So for anyone who's interested yeah. in that, um, I just want to talk a little about the yeah. XFL. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, other leagues really have not worked. I believe they started like there was like the American League or whatever that was that had like the opposite league in the, against the NFL yeah. and that kind of fell apart. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how the XFL does. I feel like XFL's marketing has been a lot better up until this point. I've seen a lot more about it. I've heard a lot more about it, and I kind of know the players that are going into it, which is kind of interesting. Um, so notable players that are going to be in it, you know, off the top of my head, uh, going to have Trent Richardson uh, running back, um, Connor Cook, quarterback. Um, I believe Ocho Cinco, Chad Ocho Cinco is going to be within the drafts as well, which is kind of interesting. I don't know why. Yeah, that's I don't know why. Um, Ronald Ali from Last Chance U is going to be in it. 
uh, you know, they're going to have a lot of last chance U players. There's a lot of interesting names that are in there. Um, could be an exciting league to watch going forward. I believe there's eight teams, and the draft is going to be a a five round draft, or it's going to have five different parts. I do, and each team has to draft. I believe in the first three rounds, you have to draft draft between quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Yeah. Then you have to draft, and then in the next couple rounds, you have to draft. You have to draft offensive linemen. Then I think it's defensive linemen. And I think it's like safeties, corners, and then it's whoever's left. That's interesting. So it's, it's kind of an interesting. It's, it's going to be a snake draft, but you have to draft within certain orders. So it's it's going to add a little twist to the draft, which should make it interesting. I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but I'll see the results and see who's on what team, and we'll see how it goes from there. Um, What's the New York? Yeah, if you're looking, if you're looking for a side of the NFL, this this could be an interesting thing to watch okay. going forward. What's the name of New York team? New York team? I don't even know if there is a New York team. There is, is a New York team. I don't know. This. Eh, really I don't. I don't even know the names of the teams. I just know there's eight teams. Um, yeah. So the eight teams in the XFL are the Seattle Dragons, the St. Louis Battlehawks, Houston Roughnecks, the Dallas Renegades, Tampa Bay Vipers, New York Guardians, D.C. Defenders, and the Los Angeles Wildcats. Interesting. All right. Maybe it'll be, like, similar. I mean, it seems like with the big three for basketball, it's, like, a place to get your... um, Mm -hmm. That's what I can say, that... The Big Three has been a very successful yeah. alternate league to the NBA, yeah. and it actually got Joe Johnson, uh, ISO Joe. Mm-hmm. He's back in the NBA now after winning MVP in the Big Three. Yeah. So I feel like football's a little different because it is a little more expensive to put on with all the equipment and the coaching and all the personnel involved. But again, you know, if the Big Three can be successful, I feel like the XFL can too. I feel like at the end of the day, it all it comes down to is marketing, you know? Yeah. Are they getting enough people to watch at the end of the day? Which I don't feel like a lot of people were watching the, the other league for the NFL. So, uh, that about sums up the XFL. <laughs> All right. So, last but not least is our controversial topic. So, kind of going back to what Nick was saying, we're, our topic is should college football playoffs be reconstructed? Um, I guess the big thing here is about um, it being either, what is it, uh, like the four best or the four most deserving, right? That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess this is I, I brought up the call. I'll give you like I'll, I'm a little more informed on it. And Brian also I I brought it up. So yeah. I just I feel like I feel like it's a I believe it's a assortment of coaches and and directors and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. higher up people that come together and they make a poll and they rank four teams in FBS, four best teams that they believe you know are the four best teams. And those are the teams that make the playoffs. Um, there's so many teams in the FBS. I just feel like it's – I feel like, you know, I'm staging the question is this. Should it be reconstructed? And I absolutely believe it should be. To say that there's only four teams worthy of playoffs or national championship contending is absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. When you got teams like Oklahoma who are 6-0 and or, you know, top of the top, they have NFL talent all across the roster, and you're telling me they're not good enough to make the playoffs. It just, you know – who, who, who gets to say that these teams aren't worth it? You know, how accurate are these polls? It's, it's not, it's, they're hard, you know, some of them are based in stats. You know, teams like Alabama, if they lose a game, they'll still make the playoffs. A team like Oklahoma or Georgia, they lose a game, they don't make the playoffs. So, you know, where's the fairness in that? You know, there's team recognition. There's name recognition involved in, in picking teams for the playoffs. I, I believe, 
even though this is going to make the playoffs longer and, and you know more injury riddled and more costly, and that's kind of what they're trying to avoid by it, and I understand why. But I think the only way to get a fair system is to, is to make the breed more teams. Yeah. If you make it ten teams, fifteen teams, I don't know how many teams you you, you know how many teams you're going to make it. But um, again, like, I don't know how many teams you're going to make it or how long you're going to make it. But it, it definitely needs to be expanded. There has to be a different system. Because on top of the on top of the problem that you don't know who the best you know who the best team is, and it's kind of unfair that teams get left out of it. Um, I think it. it it definitely breeds like unsportsmanlike behavior because for teams like Oklahoma, if if they're not destroying teams by seventy each week, they may not make the four seed because I think they're sitting in the sixth or the fifth seed right now. Um, they're sitting in the fifth seed right now, right? They're six and zero. Oh. They're they're they have six wins. Um, yet they're going to be out of the playoffs at, at this rate. Um, it's just it's not fair, like. Oklahoma's got to start beating teams by 70, 80 points when they don't need to in order just to make the playoffs. And, you know, it's, it's unsportsmanlike. Like, you know, you win the game, you win the game, you move on. There's no reason to d- destroy teams by 70, 80 points. It's just, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it, I don't think it's good for college football. I think, you know, every, I think everyone across the board would, would, would benefit in the long run if they made, they expanded and how many teams made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like that definitely makes sense. Obviously, I'm not the most informed about this thing, but from just looking at it, like, I kind of want to know where this idea that it was, like, the foremost deserving came from and, like, what the history of all that is. Because to me, it just doesn't really make sense. Obviously, I think part of it is that college football is so, like, there's so many teams and obviously the talent comparison is much wider than in other sports. But I feel like they should definitely expand it out to allow more teams to be in it. I don't know, like you said, to what degree they do that. But I think they also have to weigh, like, they don't want to injure the play- players that are trying to make it to the NFL, which is something mm-hmm. you said about. And I think that's definitely important to them. But there is definitely an issue with the whole college football playoffs, and, I mean, that's why it's a controversy. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's all we have to talk about. It's a very long podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> any last words, Nick? Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm home for the week, so I, I definitely was able to enjoy my podcast a little bit more and not worry about schoolwork. It's kind of nice. Um, Yankees are tied at, if anybody is wondering or watching oh, this, yeah. uh, you know, but before uh, the Yankees gave up a, a run, uh, not a run, a, a single, my bad. Um, the Yankees are tied 2-2 at the bottom of the fifth. Like you look, everybody's watching this after the fact and be like, "Oh, the Yankees got blown out." All oh, the Yankees changed the score from there, or whatever it was. And we kind of need to say that, you know, at this time, at this point in the podcast, the Yankees were two-two with the Astros. Um, other than that, uh, you know, this, this podcast is a work in progress. We hope to make it better each and every week. Any questions, comments, concerns? Make sure you know leave leave that in the comments, our Instagram, whatever it may be. Um, you can contact me at Nick Horvat on Instagram. Um, I've kind of opened up my Twitter a little bit more. I've been using it a little bit more. Uh, Nick Horvath, uh, my handle is at Nick Horvath 61. You can also contact me at my email at NicholasHorvath10 at Yahoo.com. Um, I think our Instagram is doing pretty well so far. Um, I actually had somebody come up yesterday and say the Instagram was pretty cool. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I'll tell you who that was after. I don't okay. know if it wants to be named on podcast. But, yeah. Uh, so I thought, it, I thought it was pretty interesting for that to happen. So hopefully our uh, – I hope you guys are liking the Instagram. You know, go check it out uh, at bsport.universe. <laughs> what is it? it? It's fine. 
Yeah, whatever it is, I'll let Brian say it. Uh, so yeah, check us out. Uh, you know, videos coming up. You know, hot stuff, hot stuff, uh, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think one of our I like to end these by saying what like the future is like. So I think one of our main focuses right now is trying to find more people um, to help us out do different things so we can get as much content out as possible. Um, the Instagram is the dot sport dot universe. I was actually trying to figure out some other handles that I could use and basically all of them were taken. So we might have to be a little creative with it. Yeah, yeah um, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, in terms of like people we're looking for, we're looking for like anybody. But you know, my personal feel is like we have some creative people that are either good at like graphic designing or like video editing. Those people would be like super useful for us. Like that would that would really bring our our or what we have here up to the next step, mm-hmm. like the next level. That would really exp- help us expand. Like only look at better for the public. But I don't know, just make our, our content even that more interesting. So, yeah. but in turn, we don't have anything to pay people. So I mean, yeah, very true, very true. This is all definitely agree with Nick. But this is all. Yeah, if you want to be a, if you want to be a part of something and like help help grow it and you know say that you help grow it, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that, uh, you that's know, why I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, so, just to get that out there, um, the Instagram I said that already. What else was there? Um, we're getting out articles. If you're interested in writing for us, editing videos, contact us like Nick said at thesportuniverse2019 at gmail dot com. Um, we're at 107 subscribers pretty fun i don't know not much yes, sir um but other than that thanks for listening